Alright, the film starts in 15 minutes, we've got to get a jiggle on. Adverts are half hour. That's when yeah, but the adverts are fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lewis's big day out. <laughs> Welcome back to Capital Flicks, episode three. Last week we had a chat about um, nights out, nights out films and human traffic. We also said this. If you were to say to someone, show me a film that represents you go at a time when you were going out, going mm. to a lot of clubs, what other film could you show that actually is as relatable? Now, boy, have we got a surprise for you. Because not only have we answered your prayers, but we've done it with a film which Quite literally, none of you can have an opinion on yet because it hasn't come out. That's right. We're I'm sat, we're sat in the box. Keep going, keep going. We're sat in the Vauxhall outside the Odeon, Greenwich. We're about to watch uh, a new film that's just come out called Beats, which uh, I don't actually know. I li literally know nothing about it, but Joe, it was your idea. So what is this? What are we expecting? And what is this film about? So this film, Beats, is set in Scotland in 1994. And it's about two boys who go on a big night out before they um, go their separate ways in their lives. That's all I know about it as well, to be honest with you, but I've heard good things and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, fair enough, Carlos. What are you uh, hoping to see from this? Well, on my way to work, I saw a whole about 500 metres worth of posters back to back to back to back of beats. So, you know what I mean? If they can afford yeah, a like... bit of advertising in <laughs> London Bridge, then <laughs> it must be decent. All right. Um, quite the preview there. We're gonna hop on inside, and in a minute we'll be back to tell you about tell you about how it went. <laughs> See you in a bit. Right, we've just left the cinema. We're in the car park outside IKEA Greenwich. It's 25 past 11 on a Monday night. <laughs> we fucked it for the week. <laughs> Our weeks are guaranteed to be ruined. But beats. Let's hear your knee-jerk reactions, boys. All right. Um, before we do that, I just want to give a little shout-out to some of the punters have said during the week that they, they're somewhat on the fence about the review section, but they say they proper love uh, it when we review a film that they've actually watched as well. So we thought, tonight, there's no rules. Let's just review a film that literally no-one in Britain's watched yet. Joe, knee-jerk reaction. What are you thinking about it? All right, so initially, I found it uh, kind of a little bit difficult to um, become invested yeah. with, um, invested in. And I struggled with it until the scene where Spanner and his brother have the, the, um, the, the they the, almost have, a, they almost go to blows basically. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I fucking got on board with it to be I fair, loved boys. It. I loved it. Um, I, unlike human traffic, I yeah. thought the main character was incredibly lovable, mm. oh, really, yes. really lovable. Um, and that was, that was probably that was one of the main um, yeah one of the main sticking points for me with, mm. with human traffic but yeah I, it right. got better and better as it went on to be honest with you I hate to cut you off but just to let the punters know this is our knee jerk reaction knee jerk reaction we've got right. to be teasing them because tomorrow we're going to get into the booth and really rip into this film in a good way mm -hmm. so what's your knee jerk rating Joe knee jerk rating if I gave human traffic an 8 I'm going to better it and I'm going to say 8.5 all right, Carlos, knee-jerk rating and knee-jerk reaction, please. I just want to add to what you said, Lewis, about us going to see a film that literally no one's seen. <laughs> I'm going to add to that with the fact that we were in the cinema, all three of us, in the premiere seats, just yeah. to let you know. We didn't, we didn't book those either, to be fair. There were, two of us, there were two others in the cinema with us, and 15 minutes in, they dropped out like flies. <laughs> they couldn't handle it. So the Flix radio team were the only people in the cinema to watch this. I think that's a little round of applause for the Flicks boys. Well done, boys. Okay, so what's right. your proper knee jerk this? Quick knee jerk was at the start, for, for like Joe summed it up very well, for the whole first third or two thirds, I was thinking this is a bit too arty mm. for what it's uh, tackling. But like he said, there was a flip when I realised that the main character, what was his name? <laughs> Jono. Not Jono. What, Spanner. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, would you not say his main? Like, we'll get to that. Co-main, we'll really. Well, the co-main then, Spanner, I thought his performance was just 
I just I loved it. By the end, I thought it was better than any of the acting I saw in Human Traffic. And that was, like Joe said, the main character in Human Traffic was my biggest bugbear, which is why I parred it so badly, gave it the 4.5. Bit harsh. Which, which went viral, can I add? Yeah, I've had comments in the street. I've been stopped in... I've, oh, I've had to defend myself this week. I had to walk down the Strand with him the other day. Like walking the Sonja of the Ecuadorian Embassy. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, I, if I stick with that... Um, this film, it was a bit indulgent and a bit too arty at times, and I did question why it needed to be in black and white, but you know what? It absolutely banged at the end. And knee jack rating. Knee jack re- rating, I give it a seven. God. 0.5, man to please. Uh, all right, I'm gonna make mine very knee jack, because uh, I will witter on about it tomorrow night, um, but wanna echo what was said. I actually, I, at no part did I think it was too arty which I think is rare because I'm the kind of person that would eat, think that quite easily. But it completely worked for me. It was a banger. I thought we'll talk about the themes tomorrow, but what it picked up on in life was brilliant. Uh, the main character, like, if we're saying that Spanner was basically the main character. Yeah. Um, again, no one listening to this has any idea who that is. It's impossible for Spanner. them to. Spanner. Uh, but he was one of the best main characters I've seen. And I'm not, I don't usually be like over the top and give big hyperbole, but Who's one of the best characters? Who's <laughs> one of the best characters I've ever seen in my life? Uh, Knee Jack rating nine point five. <laughs> See you later, boys. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>All right, so the last you heard of us, we were sat in uh, the car park of the Greenwich Odeon, having just walked out of Beats, and we gave our ratings. I'm going to quickly ask you again what they were before we feed into it. Carlos, you remember what your rating was? My rating last night was 7.5. Alright, Joe, what was yours? It was an 8.5. 8.5. Mine was a 9.5. Might even be a 10, I can't remember. 9.5. 9.5. Um, okay, so now we've got an opportunity to... We've slept on it, we've thought about it, and we can go into a bit more detail about uh, the film. First off, Joe, if you could give us a quick rundown of the plot, because as literally no one in Britain seen this yet. Yeah, so... Um couple of lads who live in West Lothian one of them's a bit of a bum hasn't really got much going for him in terms of his his job prospects he lives with his mm. lives with his brother opening scene he gets kicked out of the house by his brother and this is in direct contrast to Jono his mate who lives with his mum and his stepdad who also works in the police they come to essentially a watershed moment in their lives the 1994 Criminal Justice Act has just been introduced. Which we spoke about last week. Which we did so speak about last week. Key, the keen-eared of our listeners will have remembered that we thought that the people that wrote Human Traffic would have had the act fresh in their head because it was like a ode to a night out and a kind of sticking it to the man kind of vibe, which is very similar to this Yeah, film. yeah. And uh, so, so I just interject, I've done a bit of research. Yep. And West Lothian is near Livingston. Which that's the closest big city, and then Edinburgh is near to that, and it's near Falkirk as well. So there's an unlikely friendship. Yeah, un- unlikely friendship between these guys who've got pretty different lives, and it must be said, Jono is an absolute uptight bastard, very unlikable character. Yeah. Um, inc- just yeah, incredibly uptight, incredibly melt, yeah, basically. melt straight edged, and he- I thought he was like Will from the Inbetweeners, but even worse, like terrible acting version. Yeah, I thought it was just a terrible version of Will. Yeah. Do you mean as in you thought he was a bad actor or as in it was a poor version? Bit of both. Interesting. All right, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so um, they both realise and recognise that due to Jono moving house that their lives are going to dramatically change and also, of course, with the 1994 bill, um, they're not going to be able to go on these raves anymore, essentially. And Spanner, who's the, the live wire... He convinces Jono to go on a night out. They have a great time. And it all ends kind of in a bit of a bittersweet way. Jono ends up um, getting beaten up by his stepdad, the policeman, in a raid of the of the rave. Mm. Ends up in a police cell. At the end, they have a laugh. Lovely, lovely little final scene, which I actually got a little bit emotional about. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, they go their separate ways, and in the in at the very end, in the final, um, just before the credits, it says the boys didn't see see each other for ten years or something like that. And they bumped each other. They bumped into each other. Said they'll meet up, and they never did. Yeah, so. yeah. classic. Yeah, it's yeah. like a classic coming of age film. Yeah, it was of like yeah, two boys that are struggling to know what they're going to be in life, kind of let out their angst on a night out. Uh, Carlos, in terms of, have you got some basic facts and stats? I haven't got anything that great, but. 
the there's two directors one was Brian Welsh who was born in Falkirk in 1981 which makes him 37 so again another young director Um, and obviously you can tell that he was from with West Lothian being near Falkirk he probably maybe grew up around there but it's something he knows very well Mm. and that comes across in the film I think it's very personal and informed and then the other director is a guy called Chris Robinson who's from the States He's a film director and he's also a music video director um, and he's won BET awards for video director of the year, etc. And I think there's definitely some night out scenes which you can tell have been produced by a proper professional mm. when it comes to music and documenting music because, yeah, we'll get to it, but that whole night out scene. Well, you can get to it now. Well, get to it now. Basically, the culminating like 20 minutes of the film is they've all got to this like illegal rave and. A couple of them are like, I got the feeling that Jono is like on doing drugs for the first time, mm. um, whereas maybe the his mate Spanner wasn't. And there's like a 20 minutes of them like on the night out and the like little. It basically was very arty in terms of the music and the way they were feeling. But then there's also like the little classic bits of like chatting in like a smoking area, basically with like this girl that you fancied and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah. I thought like we can speak a bit about the 20 minute period where they were in the club because it was one of the most like, it, I completely felt like I was on that night out yeah. and I like couldn't couldn't draw my eyes away from it but also I was starting to get like kind of hypnotised almost by like how good the use of colour on screen was and like the combination with the music as well. It really felt like I was there, it's quite powerful. It's hard not to compare this to human traffic because they're both literally doing the same subject area mm-hmm in just very different ways with slightly different aims but it's the same thing it's about the criminal justice bill and raving and the effects and what the culture's like mm. but with human traffic it was like one whole big the film was a big day which culminated with a big night out and you're like on the night out with them but this film in this sequence is one of the best like night out sequences I've ever seen like I truly felt like I was on that night out like we were all saying when we left like it, it felt like I'd been at a rave and like it took you through all of the emotions of like meeting new people having a little dance with that person being outside things going up and down like it was just and then it gets a little bit heady and trippy at the end just to show how drugged up they are but like for that reason alone I wanted to come back and say having slept on it I'm going to bump it up to an 8 mm. because I had my human traffic 4.5 rating in the back <laughs> of my mind which I've been hounded out the streets by <laughs> for but it's got to be an eight that scene was just mm. the whole 20 minutes was yeah, just yeah and what I loved about it as well was that um, up until that point although the two boys are obviously really good mates they lead very contrasting lives and they're both very different people also they didn't really express that much of a um, kind of a love for each other but what it, what that night out really portrayed was the fact that people can be different they can lead different lives but they can be really united by music on a night out and I think that's a really important message mm. and for I imagine I know this is going to end but seeing this is actually a legitimate one where we could be advising people would you suggest that who do you think that this film would be suited towards in terms of like do you think that would you would you, would you want like your parents to watch it of that demographic or anyone else and secondly would you strongly suggest that people watch this film if they've been a part of this or do you think if they haven't really got into like Nights Out do you think people could still get anything from it is my question so that's what I was trying to consider yesterday is if you'd never done the like Nights Out raving or whatever it is then would you watch that film and connect with it or would you just think I actually can't really relate to this like this just seems ridiculous yeah, I think I'm more likely to recommend this one than Human Traffic to someone who isn't hasn't got any connection with the rave scene because I think it's um, multi-dimensional, whereas Human Traffic was um, a bit more... Um, yeah, I think it had less to it. I think this one obviously had a real... It was like a character development. It was a relationship development. It was kind of like a almost like a love story between the two boys. Mm. And I, found, I thought that was really powerful. It's also very political and... I thought it was absolutely hilarious as well. One thing I would say is it was actually really refreshing to see something, some Scottish film, hear some Scottish accents, which I I honestly don't hear (laughs) for prolonged periods of time other than like Owen Coyle and Darren Fletcher on Five Live. (laughs) (laughs) And um, And we'll be hitting them out soon. (laughs) We're going to be beefing Five Live. Uh, And it made me think, you know what? (laughs) It made me think, I I want to explore Scottish cinema a bit more. Um, it yeah, it really opened my eyes to that, and 
made yeah. me think I've been uh, living a bit of a sheltered life or a sheltered um, a life film life exactly yeah I think the choice of it being a Scottish duo was literally so like good. perfect yeah. perfect and um, just in terms of some of the quotes from it and the fact that also it hit on being uh, obviously it, we kind of can't really factor it because it was just literally only us three sat in the entire cinema but for constant times about that film all of us three were laughing at the exact same moment yeah. Yeah. Um, which to do that and then also have a proper hard hitting film with like really sad moments as well there's not really much more you can ask for personally thought it was brilliant yeah I'd say in response to a question really quickly Lewis is that Human Traffic is a great film and it's got a lot of value but mm. it's just like a piece of fun on, on TV basically but this film you don't need to be into raving or you don't even need to have ever been on a night out it obviously helps because it's such a like a connection thing but in terms of just a f- pure film alone it's, it's just got everything like the, the relationships like Joe said and yeah the humour and I looked across just to sum up at the in the like final scenes I looked across at both of you two and I because I caught myself doing that little embarrassing face you do at the end of a good film and you just kind of contently smiling to yourself yourself. like grinning you wouldn't want to you wouldn't (laughs) want to let your boys catch you in in that expression but like yeah I looked over and all three of us had that exact same expression of like yeah we're just deeply pleased by it yeah and as I want to have an honourable shout out for there's a scene where um, basically Jono the boring one has a crap job in a supermarket and he basically has to like skive off it to go on this night out (laughs) And it's one of the most it's one of the most incredible scenes I've ever seen. His his mate Spanner calls up and is like obviously like the pretense was he was gonna like pretend to be his dad or something, um, over the phone, like make up a reason why he was sick and he couldn't make it into work that day. And then I can't even I can't do it justice with the accent, but he's talking to the and he goes, Oh yeah, so Jonah can't come in today because um <sighs> Well to be honest with you, he's dead. <laughs> We're all just pure gutted like hey, but <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, I think we've got to actually just talk about Spanner a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. he he absolutely stole the show from he start to heart. finish. He had the cheekiest little face, <laughs> the cheekiest trim, the cheekiest yeah. trim. And I've got to tell you, listeners, about <laughs> right at the end when um, Jono has been at the police station, he's been picked up, and now he's at home. Spanner is not sure of his whereabouts. He comes to his home like in the hope that he's been delivered back. Mm. And bearing in mind they've just probably been out on a 12-hour bend or whatever, um, he's knocking on the door and he's covered in mud. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos like like nudges me and he's like, he looks fucking sick. <laughs> And we, were, we it was like we were all just like waiting to say it and we were like yeah he looks fucking sick he looks so he good did. he looked good he looked so good he, I mean his he trim such was such a 90s face yeah 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 and he had this like sick LS jumper with like the LS logo yeah. down the sleeves oh, it, was, it was quality yeah he um, summed up 90s yeah, yeah. I think the, I like the contrast between the two characters as well I know that's the point yeah but like what was holding me back about the film at first was the main character, Jono. I know he's actually meant to be that profile, yeah. but what I thought is that it was it was a tiny bit overdone with just how annoying like socially awkward and he socially was. awkward he was. I thought like, no one's actually like that. Like Even his body language was like really overdone, but I guess that was to kind of make the contrast between him and Spanner, because mm. Spanner was just like, yeah. Spanner was at- <laughs> What can I say? Like Everyone needs a Spanner in their life. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brilliant. Ooh. It, it's worth mentioning that the film was in black and white. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. I was just wondering what you two thought of that. What did you make of it? For the, I'm not going to lie, it was like when a film's got subtitles. For the first like two minutes, I was kind of gutted. <laughs> but then you just like don't even register it and it keeps it going. But mm, I, was not, to be honest, I don't really know why they did that. That was another big I don't one. really know why they did that, but they did in other films, so you've got to say that it worked. Literally, yeah. in, in my notes, um, I wrote about it um, hang, on, hang on sorry about this in my notes I wrote the first line of my notes was did it need to be black and white mm. because it didn't really seem but I guess there were a couple of like little shots where that could it was like very easy to be like a poster like yeah. it, it aesthetically it just looked quite nice it, it just I don't know I'm chatting a lot of waffle but no it looked it, good it was just to be cool it gave it that cool factor didn't yeah. it yeah 
Have you got anything you want to... I can't really think of a, a real... Neg- nothing really comes to mind that's probably negative. Uh, the only other negative for me, but I guess, again, it was the point for them not to be good people, was the people they link up with to go to the rave. They, they were just a little bit, like, jarring. But I guess they're not meant to be... You're not meant to love them. You're not meant to like them, though. You're you're literally like, you're meant to adore Spanner. Yeah. And that's it. But actually, actually what I did like, just a fun thing, it's not really a dislike, but although they were jarring characters, they kept talking about how the scene was dying, like the raving scene was pretty much done. Mm. It was done out here, but... uh, I I didn't need to say that. But (laughs) the raving scene... They're anxious. The raving scene was done, (laughs) and it was like, those guys were the ones who'd been in it for a long time. Mm. And I like the way they said that that scene was dying out and then it showed what they did later in life and like one moved to Surrey and was like an accountancy firm. One went to Manchester and got a first in economics. Like mm. all of that stuff, it shows that that kind of raving thing is temporary for a lot of people and they act like they're purely in it for the good times and like the hedonistic side and then they can just like walk away from it. Um, and those types of people seem like they were in it for that. But yeah, it was a good portrayal of them, but mm. they're just a bit annoying. Good stuff, right? I reckon that um, that brings section one to a close. Final remark: Go and see the film. Has your um, rating changed? Still a nine point five. <laughs> 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 what was it? I made Shanghai. What was it called Shanghai Soccer? What's that one? Shaolin. Shaolin Soccer. Shaolin Soccer. I gave that a T. Or that. A T yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've never been more proud of my rating. Right. Well, that's section one come to a close. Thank God. Thank God. Jesus Christ, that was painful. Um, right, and that means that we've got section two. And my God, have we got a treat for you. Because, hang on, wait for it. Coming through that door now is none other than the much acclaimed local DJ. Toby Edwards Sears, introduce yourself. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh, here he is. Um, give us like uh, just like a rundown of your bio, like some of the massive things you've headlined, pubs, clubs, weddings. First and foremost, I would say I'm absolutely in awe of the fact that you were recording in the car park last night. <laughs> Incredible. Like the, the BT Sport referees. You know what's crazy? From our secret uh, Flix HQ, yeah. I can actually see I can see the Odeon from oh. here. And that gives a nice little clue to the punters of where we are as well. Well, they can try and figure they it out. They can work that out. Idiots but, might think we're the other side of it. I do apologise <laughs> for that bad, bad etiquette. Toby, take it um, You want to hear a rundown of my, uh, yeah, my yeah, DJ yeah. CV? Um, people at, I, I'm, all I'm going to say is this. People at home <clears> have been gagging for us to get you on. So take it in your stride, it's, but also it's a pleasure to not only be on for the first time, but also listen for the first time. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, right, well that's that's doubled our listener count then. <laughs> yeah, uh, mainly you know weddings, parties, uh, pubs frequented by twenty hipsters on a Saturday night, oh. and uh, fortunately being able to leave at about one thirty because the pub shuts so yeah nothing, <laughs> nothing too heavy I did well, one um, I did one good club night in Sheffield called the Tuesday Club um, right at the end of my my tenure as a student that was a that was a special night had a um, had my own dressing room kitted out with had a shower before my set um, really a, did you yeah 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 no way I was walking around in, in my robe for a good hour before the set so yeah, it was, <laughs> what was it like in the green room it was unreal yeah we had all, all of the groupies you had a rider didn't you all of the groupies as well obviously <laughs> that's yeah. not a joke you, I swear you had a rider no nah, they, 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 they kitted out a, uh, a fridge for the beers oh basically. yeah 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 fridge for the beers no if, if they actually Big asked time. me for a rider I would have done something like it absolutely awesome I was told to like paint the paint the room red or something like that <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Metallica or someone like that that their rider was like four puppies so as, as in addition to everything else that was there they had to go out and find four puppies and bring them to their show That's really mental. weird proper odd anyway, Toby, nice did you, you've got another rider story from Sheffield don't you uh, didn't got you a few different rider stories <laughs> yeah I yeah. think someone was like my, doing promo yeah my, my, my friend was uh, he was working at um yeah, he was working at a venue and he was always in charge of the rider. It was from it was from Mick Jenkins actually. And uh 
yeah you just had to I think Mick Jenkins just said like get me the most expensive blunt papers you can buy <laughs> and pick up for me and my mate was just like absolutely bricking it because he, <laughs> he, was, going, he was going to pick up a 20 bag of anxiety for, for Mick Jenkins <laughs> I I think he, two bottles of Hennessy as well like, yeah that was a two bottles you know this story yeah, I, I love that story <laughs> to be fair, I love that guy when you if you ever get asked to make something that even can be like the most um, like run-of-the-mill like beverage or something like that I, I sometimes do start even get second-guessing myself I remember like the first time I ever did work experience it was at this jeweler in um what? yeah it was at, it was at a jeweler like Seattle Gold. and it was the first time I'd ever been asked to make a coffee <laughs> other than for someone in my house and it was an instant <laughs> And I started second guessing like how to make an instant, and I had like end up looking at the back of the like, looking on the on the tin. And still to this day, I actually have no idea if he liked it or not. But oh, he didn't cool. say anything about it. I made a class coffee for a woman at work today. She asked for a lot of coffee, a tiny bit of hot water, and then filled to the brim with cold. And then I gave oh, it to her, cold. and she just downed it right in front of me. Oh, weapon! Yeah, pretty Absolute weapon, weapon. behaviour. Yeah, I I got the same second guessing thing when I went. Uh, I was doing some like runner thing for BT and there was like a proper like Z list celebrity that I had to go and like get some stuff from a cafe and he said, I forgot what the cosm was. <laughs> and he'd written it out and it was like, written into my phone. I couldn't like, I couldn't pronounce it and I'd forgotten what it was. I was in this little cafe. Croissant. Yeah. yeah. Really <clears throat> to me. Right, so. Go on then. Um, first off, a little treat for the listeners. Toby was actually sat in the background while we were recording our review there of Beats. And That's not the treat. <laughs> did, off our review, do you reckon you'd be uh, inclined to go and watch this film? Or do Definitely. you reckon? Really? I, um, yeah, I watched the trailer today, actually. Mm. And I didn't see had FOMO of your cinema, I believe. So, really? Yeah. But I... I, I I mean, he was busy in our beef or something. Bit of insight into the the budget behind this podcast, but I did sort the boys out of my my Vodafone two for one. At Gris- <laughs> 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 so I like to think I did contribute to that I, section I ever no so slightly. That, I had no idea people were still on Vodafone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> recently voted UK's worst. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, right, so last week we gave a few of our little night out kind of stories and tales to entertain the listeners with. Um, we thought that seeing as we've got an A-list celebrity in the room, it'd be rude not to ask, uh, what are some of your wacky, te- what, wacky from, tales? A, a wacky tale from a DJing night out gone wrong, yeah. Oh, there's a few funny ones. Um, I think it was the back end of last year, Arsenal were playing Tottenham at midday on a Saturday <laughs> and uh, I was meeting my brother and uh, sometimes my brother just can, let you know his brother's an absolute sometimes weapon. he can really really <laughs> force brother's six foot seven sometimes he can really force pints down my throat to the, to the extent I don't want to drink for about eight years but um, yeah so we, so he said right let's meet let's meet at Mackey's at half nine then <laughs> His brother's 34. So, and I don't want to ruin the rest of the story, but this is, this is the last time I'll eat for 24 hours. Um, so, yeah, we go to Mackey's. Um, yes, yeah, sledge, sledge a few... Um, sledge. <laughs> his words not mine, his words not mine. Sledged a few uh, Mackey's breakfasts and then went straight <laughs> went into uh, went into Spoon and started drinking. Just a few pints, but there's already people in the toilet doing coke I remember my brother came out and he was like it's like a flower factory in there and this is at like 11.15am um, so we go on to the Emirates Derby day, boys. and we basically just pack it Derby. we basically just <laughs> we go on and we, we yeah basically just batter spurs um, which was brilliant Pete Ramsey might have done that I think Omri got a break. And then, yeah, just uh, it led into an afternoon of drinking. And I was meeting up with Carlos uh, this very night because I was, you know, I'd, I'd been booked in. So um, yeah, my, a- my agent got this gig for me. <laughs> uh, now it's basically. Um, Carlos got the gig for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I was supposed to be DJing at a house party that night. Shout out Lily. Um, shout out Lily. 
Did he Defo dance? doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, the day kind of goes on, and I, I gradually kind of start forgetting about this. Um, and it probably get into early evening now, and my brother has got a friend who's playing at the Roundhouse, so we go there, and then it gets to about ten o'clock now, and I'm just out of it, and I get, I get a call from Carlos, and he's just like, "Yeah, mate, where are you?" And I was like, "What do you mean? Where am I? Like, where am I supposed to be?" He's like, "Mate, get to the party now." So we. Where was it? Right, from the, from the other end of this story. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, we'll, so, we'll, so Pause it. Toby's at 10 o'clock PM. Yeah. I want to hear Carlos's sub previous five hours. Yeah, so, to- so, so I'm having this casual day, like, watching the derby, blah, 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 and then it's Lily's house party um, in Kennington in the evening. So, obviously, we're in different parts of London at this point, and Toby... Very different parts. Very different Mildly. parts. So, Toby, Toby's meant to be, like, DJing, obviously, down here, and... Lily's got this house party and the DJ they had had dropped out so I was like yeah we've got local celebrity tea yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's gonna happen yeah so then we're at this house party the decks are all set up they've gone inwards with the inwards <laughs> they've gone inwards with the decorations yeah <laughs> in, 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 we're gonna say with the we're gonna say with the sound system it's like channel one out <laughs> literally yeah they've set up like, it's like deep it's like um Deep sea disco or something like that. Yeah, like girls go over. They've gone yeah, OTT on everything. Yeah, yeah. A few octopi. It's gone. It's gone mad. <laughs> and then she's everyone. People are getting to the party. It's like everything's over. There's no music. It's just orc situation. And then the decks are just waiting. Orcs by name. Orcs by nature. And she. Yeah. That was. Yeah, I can do that. That was pretty good. I can do that. But yeah, every, she's getting so anxious at this point. She's coming up to me like Carlos, man. Where's 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 Toby? Like, can you give him a call? Rang him. And for some context, this is your girlfriend. My girlfriend's friend, so, so yeah. It's one of those where you've got to, you've got to impress. I've got to deliver because yeah. I'm gonna be in the doghouse either yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so then so I'm calling Toby, and then I, I get through to it. No, I text him first, and I'm getting gibberish back. He's like, I'm at the. He goes. He's like something about being at the roundhouse watching a drumming performance, and I was like, mate, like, wasn't lying. Yeah, he's telling the truth, but I was like, he's like, oh, I was what? watching Stomp. <laughs> Thinking, bro, you've got to be here ASAP. Like, this girl's getting onto my case now. So I ring him up and he's like, hey, that Carlos, <laughs> send, me, send me the postcode. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be oh there. My. Anyway, I'll oh send my, it back yeah. to you. So next thing you know, I'm in an Uber to Camberwell from Camden, two C's that should never be linked by an Uber. And uh, I look across and my brother's still in the cab. <laughs> And yeah, turns out he's massively up for a party. This is my brother, who's now a father. Um, at the time, was married. Um, I don't think the baby was in quite in the oven just yet, so he was he was getting getting his nights in. But um, yeah, essentially we um, yeah we rock up at the party and I. Jump on the decks. What, wait, hang on, Carlos. What's the first thing you think when Toby walk? When first, Toby walks in. Walks then second, in. Toby was going to follow by brother. Toby walks in with his Arsenal scarf on, battered. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Lily's like coming up to me like, "Is, is he going to be okay to DJ?" And then I see his brother, who is massive. Yeah, he's literally standing in the middle of the room, like clearly he's ten years like foot, foot foot taller than everyone. Than everyone in the room. And ten years in age on everyone in the room, and he's just standing there, like looking around, like, all right, all right, this is the situation. Here we go. Deep sea disco. Yeah, deep sea disco. Yeah, deep sea disco away. Yeah. So then Toby um, is Toby's like sorting out that they're sorting them out for the decks, and then next round though he's come out to me like, yeah, um, Toby's literally bleeding all over the decks. So yeah, so and some people I think I, I think I maybe came into the game with a picking up a knock. <laughs> I, picked up, I picked up a slight knock um, throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah I, I basically had a bit of a, a finger injury and uh, there was no plaster. That's just scratching hand as well. Yeah, no plaster in the vicinity. So, you know, I quite aggressively flicked one tune into the other and next thing you know, there's blood all over this map. <laughs> and this kid had his dissertation yeah. on there. So he's literally yeah, so on this kid's dissertation. It turns out that there was a big old diss in, inside. So... I, I think 
I think it was all right though. I think it was okay. No, you played a great set. Yeah. Um, and then this one girl came downstairs and like started having a go at me because she was like, he's not playing enough disco. And I was like, the song he's literally playing right now has got disco in the chorus. Like, <laughs> it was it was a joke, but yeah. I took that one for the team. And yeah. then yeah, we went to a kebab shop after. Yeah. Went I, it, I can't yeah. That bit. Yeah. Did, but yeah, and then that was it. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the one where you played. Um, what was that? Uh, like yeah. singer. <laughs> I, uh, What's the name? Is he like some? This is yeah. This guy, you know, like, this story isn't as long. Don't worry, listen. But yeah, it was uh, it was when I was at university and um, I, I was definitely hanging because I was in a really weird frame of mind <laughs> and I was supposed to play this house party and I just could not be bothered to play like the same kind of bait house and disco tunes that usually play out so I just um, at the pre-drinks which are at our house I just went into my room and I would like had a beer and I was like right I'm just going to download like the UK top 40 of like the of the noughties basically so like yeah, now this is what we, this, now that's what you call music greatest hit essentially <laughs> And uh, put them all on my USB, like analyze them and everything, made sure the BPMs were looking good. And yeah, went down and threw together a set. It was like Gwen Stefani, (laughs) baby cakes, you stuff like that, sugar babes. Yeah, it was. How'd it go down? Surprised me quite well. And then I remember the host of the party came in and I literally haven't spoken to the guy since. (laughs) (laughs) He was fuming. I started doing a new uh, thing at Pre's as well. Especially, it's, it's, it really booted off when I was at university, and all you get all like the edgy leads pingers around for like a Pre's, and just like, just play with the idea of putting on like Mr. Saxo beat, and they literally lose their shit. Oh. Or like, if you want to go really hard, then put on Timber and Afters. We went to Bristol for New Year's. The two years ago, yeah, two years yeah. down to visit Joe and all his housemates from Bristol, and and when it hit the New Year's, we were like having a bit of a house party in his house. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> funny that, isn't it? <laughs> Strange location for a house party, but uh, yeah, Lewis obviously got his turn on the decks on the orcs, and and got he got uh, I think he got Timber on or Mr. Zaxoby, and I remember one of Joe's housemates turned to another one. I caught them taking up. He's he had the face of like pure shock, and he was, he just turned. He's like, it's like bro, he's playing Mr. Saxoby. <laughs> <laughs> they never know what to make of it. It's fucking brilliant. Lewis, you'd be an unbelievable like heart FM DJ. <laughs> if they play like listen to that at my work, and they'll play tunes like that, but then they'll talk like so enthusiastically about the tunes. Oh, I'd be like, so no, it's an absolute classic of 2017, <laughs> Mr. Saxoby. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna dance, just make my entire life a skit at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, superb. See, have you got any more anything else that comes to mind? Not about pro green. Yeah, there's a few different. Green? I had a um, I had a um, residency at Dinerama in Shoreditch a few summers back, and um, yeah, just a few funny people kept. My, the, there was there wasn't really a DJ booth. I was essentially kind of right in the middle of Dinerama, so yeah. I'd always get people coming up. But um, yeah, there was one where yeah, I was just playing like a really really bait disco tune and pro green came up and he was like bro what like what is this <laughs> like, mate you're a professional musician <laughs> it's not that obscure it's but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Mr. It's so <laughs> but yeah listeners we've had great feedback from last week's section on lewis's pr nightmares if about- you remember i managed to sell james on a night out by telling him it was going to be absolutely fucking awful and when he finally got him to come, he said, RIP, I'll see you there, you poor guy. <laughs> but this week, we've got a second edition of Lewis's PR <laughs> Nightmares. And luckily enough, it does actually involve our special guest. So I get a call from Lewis because I've decided I was going to have a weekend off the source. And uh, <laughs> Lewis is going, and for, for financial reasons more than anything, his payday was Monday. And Lewis rings me. Listener, that's absolute rubbish. Carlos was telling us on the way here how he just wanted to experiment with his body and <laughs> see what a night off the uh, weekend off the sauce would do. And Carlos, what, what was the effect on Monday? Listen, yeah. I felt worse. I felt worse. <laughs> <laughs> I spent all weekend meditating and having hot baths and I felt worse than when I was out till 5am and I had three, three sets of wings and chips in 12 hours the weekend before. And I still felt better on the Monday after that. But regardless... 
So Lewis is like Lewis is trying to recruit troops for this day party meeting points. Which yeah, I shout think. out to meeting points by the way. Um, we had a great chat with you there, and uh, more than happy to give you a shout out. Uh, it was fantastic. It's ran by our mates at Bristol. We know we got a lot of a lot of ravers that listen to this, and especially now that we got a special guest DJT on. Uh, so hit up meeting points on Facebook and be there. Yeah. this the place is where you want to be for your London nightlife scene anyway as you were well yeah well next time meeting points I promise I will come but <laughs> yeah they'll, so they'll live yeah they'll that's live they don't need your £8.50 spending money big, that's a big fucking lie but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway a big old lie. I've told Lewis for financial reasons I can't make it so he's called me up like super sweet he's like oh hey Carlos how are you <laughs> And like Lewis is never this sincere, so I knew something was up straight away. I was like, oh, hey, man, yeah, so what are you up to today? And I, I like told him, and he was like, oh, sounds really nice, man. That does sound, sound pretty good. But, um, yeah, so I'm just meeting Toby and Joe in, like, uh, a couple of hours. We're going to go to this free day party. It's literally free, and <laughs> it finishes at 10 p.m. So, you know, I'm not really fancying a big one. Probably just going to go home after that, not really do much. And then... Uh, yeah, I just knew it was bullshit when I saw him out at 5am. <laughs> I went trying to pick up a cereal box with my teeth. <laughs> Picking up a cereal box with his teeth and getting a £30 Uber home from Soho. So, yeah. But how was that night out in the end? I think it sounds like you had a, a banging one. Yeah, it was quality. And an honourable shout-out for um, the summer the start of summer comes with the start of like the proper day sessions the start as well. cans of lager yeah mm, proper yeah. cans actually and we had an honourable shout out DJT was with us we had an honourable shout out of uh, having some cans in the rain before we went there cans so in the rain that was yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sat under his little umbrella <laughs> funny yeah. enough right by um, one of London's great waterways yes massive shout out again Regions Canal, you've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I'm back day parties over night parties now. Yeah. I generally don't Bold feel. Claim. I genuinely don't have a hangover off a day party. Well, it's a lie, but I, I do have a hangover. <laughs> it's, no, it's nowhere near as intense. Yeah, because you can slyly of. Depends what you're doing, but you can feasibly wake up the next day at like twelve and have not really drunk for like eight hours. Yeah. Whereas Easy. if it's no, night, I. I, I I regularly get a good sleep after a after a day party. Yeah. Day session, yeah. feel fresh day after. Go again. Great, you get mm. great. It's it's healthy drinking in the sun. Yeah, it's good yeah. for you. It's good it's for you. Yeah. Shout out to Wilson Coop for his uh, 2015 smoking theory that if you smoke in a tropical country, it's actually better for you. <laughs> and that's why. That's why he said it's actually good for you. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. If, it's good for you if you're walking down the beach with like a like sunny morning. You know what I mean? All the palm trees around you, you light up a cigarette. It's good for your health. Wilson Coop, in, when he becomes a father, will also be a member of the anti-vax movement. <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew how true that was. <laughs> if only you knew. But shout out to Wilson. Yeah, we'll get him on here as well. A local celebrity in his own right in the in the in the region of Sheffield. We are a cup. We're about a fortnight um, from a pretty big event in London radio. Um, I mean, it's national radio, but someone, a household name for many throughout the country, Danny Baker. Um, I feel like we need to discuss this, actually, on the mm. pod. We said we were going to hit out with some beefs. Yeah, because, and, like, I mean... If we were ever going to have a beef with someone, then this it, could be a time. It, it's got it's got a lot of publicity, actually, Danny Baker. He was, like, he, was a, he was an absolute, like... Jewel in the crowd. Yeah, he, he's, a house, not, he's a household he name. I got a notification adorable. on my phone. Yeah. So when he got sacked, I thought he died. <laughs> he may as well have died. And to be honest. lives in Lewisham, doesn't he? So yeah, it's close yeah. to home. He lives near Tallis. Oh, sorry, lives in Greenwich. Lives near Thomas yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, yeah, an issue that's close to home. Mm. Just wondering what you lot think. Um, I think that me and Carlos actually had a heated discussion on a night out about this, and we came to the same. I think we came to pretty much a similar conclusion of. Um, Whatever happens, he was a fucking idiot for doing it. He's either an idiot for being so... He's an idiot if he means it race in a racial way. That's he, mental. Personally, if he means it in a racist way, he's a racist. Yeah, then he's a racist, obviously, like, idiot. But personally, I don't... I think I think he was just an idiot for being fucking incredibly ignorant about it. Um, but for either ways... Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't cover himself in glory either way, it's got to be said. Um, what about you? as the DJ in the room 
I don't know, it's unbelievable. He obviously tried to apologise in his own kind of Danny Baker way. Mm. And I was quite shocked how quickly they, they sacked him was, was quite shocking. Mm. And I think he was saying, you know, right, you know, where does this leave the BBC if you can no longer kind of issue issue an apology and then you know like how quickly are they going to start sacking people for you know what precedent yeah, well, does this set the BBC are going to come out looking bad or they're going to come out being criticised whatever they do yeah. if they don't sack him give him a time out um, mm. they're going to be criticised for that sack him straight away obviously yeah. criticism we've decided from UT I, I think though the, the one thing I'd add is I was seeing a lot on Twitter on the same day as well they were comparing it to Nigel Farage being on um, Question Time mm. on the same day, and I, I thought that that's such an irrelevant thing to say. Like yeah. the BBC did not employ Nigel Farage. Sure, they're giving him a platform, but it's I don't know, it's, it's a complete aside. Really. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's an employee of the BBC. Nigel Farage is someone that they invited on. So I, I thought all those comments were slightly wide of the mark. But um, Danny Baker, it's a shame because. I yeah, love you, you, like, you feel like you can't like I literally <coughs> adored him and now you've like mm. you know what I mean it's sad it's like it must be like people that fucking loved MJ and now have woken up to the fact <laughs> that he's literally a nonce I'm oh, talking about MJ again <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the thing is as well he, he'll definitely be back on the radio he'll yeah, be yeah fortunately for him he's got undoubtedly got a very loyal following yeah um, yeah I was wondering what you lot think about the, the punishment and whether you think that sacking him immediately is the best way to go about things because I've heard a few interesting points on it um, one of them being um, from Raniedo Lodge by the way she's the author of why I'm no longer talking to about white people about race and she was saying that dealing with people like Danny Baker with punitive measures so just like absolutely sacking him and that being that is not the best way to combat these kind of people because um, it makes them feel like the victim mm. and that's and it's not the best way of making him go and review his actions and thinking about it in that way kind of uh, thinking about what he did wrong mm. and coming back and, and correcting by. himself yeah instead he's just going to feel mm. hard done by it, it's, it's, it's polarising it's a more polarising way of doing things I think what I'd say to that whole uh, issue of like the, I don't want to call this cancel culture because this was a legitimate thing but it does tap into the whole thing of now there being such a fear of there being rage online that they'll just bin it whatever happens so like it's yeah. from the BBC's perspective you've just got to bin it I think that what I would say about Danny Baker is he's whatever his motivations were we don't know because we're not in his head mm. but the impact of what he's done and the result is just a fucking idiot because at the end of the day, he's he's a big football fan. Mm. He's a Millwall fan, so he's aware of what football racism in football is. He he's so like closely related to football that he knows monkey chanting and like any monkey type of racism. That that was like known in the nineties to be racist. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so he he came out and said afterwards that he didn't even know which royal was giving birth, and he didn't know that she was black, and then. Which I'm not buying that for one second, mm. but yeah, that's a shoddy, shoddy lie. The As a is, national radio presenter, yeah. like you know that stuff. There's no like, don't be around it's the bush. Like, that is literally rubbish. I think there's two. Like my dad doesn't know who Kim Kardashian is. So yeah, he's like, how have you managed to do that? <laughs> he's, he's seen the video. He doesn't know. Who Kim <laughs> <laughs> They've both seen the video. We played, we played a game at, at Christmas of like name dropping, where it's basically like charades, mm. and you got the Justin Bieber card, and you had to pass. <laughs> so like, you will not have a clue who Kim Kardashian but um, Sorry, God, nah on, on Danny Baker like the thing is racist or not what he did was racist but it, anyway that's not even the point the thing is if any of us went to work and sent that tweet in like a group email at work we'd be like we'd be severely like blacklisted at work people would be like mm. yo that guy's racist or mm. whatever what he did was racist mm. and um, so it, it was just all a bit mad but when you said about cancel culture it is interesting because I saw a really good quote that said Twitter is a stage for constant artificial high drama where everyone is a hero or a villain mm. so basically this, every day there's a chance for someone to be a hero or a villain and Danny Baker through his own stupidity 
and just like I don't know what he was thinking that day he became the villain for that day yeah. and the BBC acted on it and it just also made me think about Riz Latif when the, the DJ who wheeled up a girl's tune and like people did this like mad psychoanalysis on it being like an act of aggression what's this story? so Riz Latif he's like the DJ who's always playing those dub plates but he's Joe's favourite ever dub plate the big 4-5 dub plate <laughs> but Mr. he plays like he's a little big 4-5 person big 4-5 Riz so he's um, you know what the DJ was called um, Sherelle Sherelle that's it so this girl Sherelle black girl she's killing it she's killing her set and then he comes from behind it's in the boiler room He's but he's played at the boiler room like the set before her so he and they know each other. Yeah, they um, like, yeah, they get their mates. Yeah, we assume anyway. But so he, she's playing her set, and obviously she's got her back to the crowd, like the boiler room setup. And then he just puts his big lanky arm over her and wheels up her tune for her. And then because she was because she had her back to it, she didn't know where it came from. She like reacted pure shock. She's mm. like, you can see how shocked she is. She's like, what the fuck? Someone's just come and touched my decks like while I'm playing. And then. Basically, the next day, it was this like trending like cancel Riz Latif. Yeah, it it, it it went down like an absolute lead balloon. By the way, yeah, I mean it could have easily gone really well, and so often these things happen. Yeah, yeah. do this. All yeah, it, it, literally, it's, like, it's, it's, it's a compliment. It is yeah. literally, it's like a sign of respect. Sign or that's of what a lot. Yeah, 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 exactly. But then he he basically got cancelled. He had to de- delete, come off social media for a little bit because everyone was just saying about how he's like how it was an act of aggression because it was just like a woman who's like stepping up to play and he's like gone into that space as a male and like blah 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 which if you look at it purely from that type of kind of faux Twitter intellectual standpoint maybe there was a point there but you need to take a pinch of salt and you can't take context out of it yeah so that yeah the context they completely missed it yeah so on cancel culture in general maybe it was a bit mad to sack him and there should be more education and stuff but and it's only going to inflame cancel culture. But Danny Baker, you fucked up, mate. You, I yeah. don't know what you were thinking. And your apology was shit as well, so. Yeah, so we've chatted you through beats one more time. Go and watch the film. It was quality. We've had DJ T in with us. I'm sure he's going to join us again soon to, to share some more of his wacky tales from behind the decks. Uh, closing remarks. We shall see you again very soon. Say goodbye. Alright. <laughs> I'm off for some and porridge. That, and I'm out of whimper. I'm off for some porridge on toast. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Alright, see you later.